When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. We're uh, we're live. One, two, three, four. What's up, everybody? Welcome to West Blood Pod, a podcast about WWE sports, the Big Twelve Conference, and the highs and lows of this stupid sport. Um, I'm Joel Bracken. At WB Stats Guy, I'm joined as always by Jordan Pinto at Game Day Shorts, and uh, yeah, today today we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about the events that unfolded Thursday night. They were quite painful. Um, I have some funny stories and whatnot about it. Uh, Jordan, how how is morale? How are we hanging? Are we uh, have we gotten over it? Are we just accepting? Where, where are we at on the on the timeline now? No, 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 no. Uh, definitely haven't gotten over it. Um, was was maybe starting to trend that direction just with the Oklahoma State prep and everything. Uh, but then the only beer that I had available for this stupid podcast is a prickly pear Michelob Ultra that for some reason my wife has in the fridge. So um, it's a real kick in the dick, really getting this started with a bang. But no, dude, I you know I, I, I told you over the weekend, like I was physically ill from this loss. Um, I took a sick day on Friday just because I didn't want to have to interact with people and have... You know, did you watch the game last night conversations? Like, just didn't want any part of that. Um, kind of just wandered around my house, like like the Pablo Escobar meme from Narcos. You know, like that's basically what my Friday was, is just avoiding my family and like staring at, at things, staring into the void. Um, I will say Schaden, schadenfreude is a powerful drug. So, you know, seeing Colorado lose the way they lost on Friday, seeing USC get pounded, right? Like you, you, you have some shared misery factor that that made me feel a little bit better about ours but boise nah, man, state. lost on a hail mary as well boise state yeah see what a stupid uh stupid play but anyway no like dude i was trying to think about it you know we've had worse losses like obviously the pit loss is is just a thousand times worse than this um but i don't know if we've ever lost in a worse way um you know i was trying to think about it like you know the 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 two that really came to mind um were the miami pump block in 96 which i think was probably before your time as a mountaineer fan but yep you know, just needed to kick a punt out of the end zone and we would have won the game. They blocked the punt, recovered for a touchdown, like could have taken a safety and we still would have won the game. Um, and then the Michael Vick, uh, 99, he, he let a drive like an 85 yard drive in like a minute and kicked a field goal after we had scored two straight touchdowns to come back. So similar, similar vibes to this one, right? Where we had come back and snatched defeat from the jaws of victory. Um, yeah. Yeah, it hurts. It hurts. How how you holding up? I mean, I'm I'm down bad. We're recording on a Sunday. I'm doing better. Um, yeah, Friday. I mean, you know, Thursday. It's really hard to go to sleep after that game. And Friday, you wake up and you're like, that didn't happen. Like, no, fuck. You know, you watch the you watch it again. You're like, well, why is this guy here? You know, it's it's easy to um, play the day after quarterback of all the things. But it's like, man, at the end of the day, all you got to do is smack the ball out of bounds or smack the ball to the ground. You win the game. Um, yeah, some other comparisons. I mean, some games that like really, I mean, we, we know the, the famous one that doesn't need mentioned, but another one I think was a good comparison I heard was the Miami game. I think in the early thousands, Quincy uh, Wilson. yeah, the run where it is like the ecstasy of like, oh, we got this. And like, we just got a new highlight. that's going to be run every week. And, uh, then, you know, it does not end up being that way is the, it's the swing, um, it, I mean, dude, it hurts. It's uh, just a crazy game. 42 points in the fourth quarter combined. It's more than half of the game's points were scored in the fourth. Um, 
And, you know, just for, for those out there looking to cope a little bit, a little copium, um, the, the two things I've told myself that have at least gotten me past is we're four and two. If you looked at the first six games of the schedule and I told you we we're going to be four and two, you would take it. Wouldn't care in which way. Like maybe there's some some lean for the pit. If I could get pit win and four and two to the first six, I'm taking that. And maybe you shouldn't have won all three of the last games before this one. So, you know, you maybe win some that you were in there, you hung around to the end, and you lose this one. Um, other thing I've told myself um, is that if you look at the game with five minutes to go, you probably shouldn't win. You know, you probably shouldn't win the game down, although was at 11 with five minutes to go, we're driving. Um, and almost in a way, I hope that, you know, this is definitely going to be like a turning point in one way or the other um, coming off of this, you know, this game. But uh, I don't want to say I don't wish we didn't, I, I wish we didn't come back, but it would have saved a lot of the pain. It would have been like, well, why couldn't we get the offense going? Why, you know, all this stuff. Our offense did the job. I mean, you scored 39 points. Um yeah, I just it. I mean, it's tough, dude. It's uh, for those who sign up to care uh, more than they probably should. You and I included. Uh, the, this <laughs> is uh, this is this is part of the ride. Like this is in there because uh, all the feelings you felt as Hudson Clement is like shedding tacklers in the open field, and the the camera's panning, and you're like, is there no? Is everyone blocked? Is it you know there? All those emotions. Uh, there, there's another side to that, and we got to feel both in like five minutes of real life time. So. Yeah, rational rational fan takes uh, exist. They they don't help me. I have no time for them in this in this uh, in this situation. Um, I just I can't get past you know up more than a field goal with twelve seconds left and and you don't win the game. Um, Can I tell you I tell you a funny story? Just what? So I, I watched the game at Gressos, which is yeah. the, uh, the West Virginia sports bar here in Columbus. Um, I'm I've I've had feelings that going to Gressos is bad luck for a while. Uh, I've been twice now, the Penn State game, which we probably weren't winning that, and I've been to Houston this year. Not yep. great. I was there, Iowa State, in 2018. That was the first game I ever watched there. Will Greer yep. in Ames. Not good vibes. Um, we, you know, the, the crowd is trying to get going here at the bar. We're like, you know, willing the team on from afar, whatnot. When when we score this touchdown, people are running around the bar. We're high-fiving strangers. We're going crazy. Uh, everyone's just you know, it's electric. Uh, we get a little settled, you know, everyone's like, Oh man, we're going to win this thing. They put on the sound system, the fight song, this fight song is playing on the sound system. Everyone's feeling themselves as Houston catches the touchdown that the fight songs like in the like second verse or whatever. And everyone's just standing with like hands on their head and is looking around. They're like, no way. Like, is there a penalty? There's, there's gotta be something. And it's just dead silent except the fight song playing. It's always like, turn the fucking fight song off. <laughs> And uh, I will I will never forget that moment. It was quite a surreal moment where everyone's just frozen like no one can move. Yeah. And it's just like, you got to be kidding. (laughs) So first, yeah, Joe, I feel like there's a lesson in here somewhere. And that's just watch the game literally anywhere else on the face of the earth except for Gressos. Agreed. Um, So that's the first takeaway there. But yeah, dude, I didn't, you know, I (laughs) so when Clement scored, I was watching on my patio and I literally sprinted up the driveway to the, to the street screaming the entire way. <laughs> just like, you know, you know I'm not going to replicate. I was making sounds. Um, and then, yeah, the, the thing happened and I punched my grill and then didn't move for about 20 minutes after that. So yeah. like, didn't even, didn't even uh, like say anything, just punched the grill, sat down. And then, yeah, I told you, you know, my wife is, you know, <laughs> She's not usually one to comfort me in situations like this. She tells me I'm being way too dramatic and that I'm an idiot for being invested. And, you know, first of all, sure. Okay, I get yeah. that. But so it but was anyway. fucking dramatic. It was fucking dramatic. Yeah, it um, doesn't get worse more than that. So so possibly that situation called for me to be a little bit dramatic. But like even she was like trying to <laughs> trying to console me. <laughs> like that's how fucking bad it was. I, Anyways. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, if you have any more. Uh, so I'll just say that. The game, but yeah. I don't know why I felt this way, but like as the fans are storming the field and all this, I'm just like, can we see a replay? Like, there's got to be something wrong, right? Like, can we just see it again? And then you see it and it's just like tip. Well, I still haven't seen the clip of, of Garrett green, like taking his helmet off. Right. And I don't think it's on the TV feed. Yeah. And dude, it's so frustrating. Like, um, you know, the, the, the conversation of like, I get what the letter of the law is, but then like, there's times where it's like, can we like apply the spirit of the rule a little bit here? Like the excessive celebration penalty is, is not intended to penalize people celebrating a 50 yard game winning touchdown with less than 15 seconds to go. 
Yeah, right? it's I get the letter of the rule is you can't take your helmet off, but like at the same time, you know, like when do we when do we go from like letter to spirit because we have defensive linemen getting tackled on the Hail Mary, right? Yeah. Yep. And there's pass interference on every single Hail Mary. And we just have decided that in on that specific play, the rules don't matter. But 10 seconds before that, That's the rules point. matter. That's a good point. And um, I think we can clearly say that, you know, the Big 12 wants the Oklahoma-Texas rematch in the Big 12 title. They had to knock us off somehow. <laughs> um, and, you know, it took a it took a Hail Mary. We almost won in spite of, of the fix being in, right? Yeah. So. It's a good point. I mean, I think, you know, I, I think Neil said this, that taking the helmet off is like night and day, like it is clear that it happened, yeah. whereas holding is always subjective. Sure. Um, but I I didn't particularly love the way Neil talked about it afterwards, but I agreed with his statement is like, just get on the sideline and you can do whatever the hell you want, basically. Like, just yeah. bring it over here and we'll like all take our pads off and dance around. Like, you know, it's like, yeah. yep. you know, got, but I've never thrown a 50 yard touchdown on a big comeback to win a big game, potentially blah, blah, blah. I don't know how I would react because I don't, you know, like that's these guys play the game for moments like that. So yep. um, we'll good performances. Probably got to start with Garrett. Let's do it. Let's talk some good things. Garrett 391 in the air. Um, unfortunately did not hit the running over, which I uh, was invested in. was kind of surprised uh, there, especially after well. like drive one. Um, it was halfway there after the first drive. Yeah, I know. I was quite yeah. aware but uh yeah no i mean i think i think neil said it neil said it really well i thought like who was better than him on the field on thursday yeah. right i mean he was the best player on the field like if you're looking for positives it's like if if he's capable of that level of play um you know I mean, it changes yeah. things for us it, yeah it changes things for us and like you know just like watching college football like people give garrett such a hard time like oh he can't throw he can't do this he can't do that and it's like watch fucking college football there are literally less than 10 quarterbacks who i would look at and be like that guy's great, you know, mm-hmm. like every single quarterback in the country misses easy throws. Yep. Right. Yeah. And, and I don't know, he made truthers. That's what they complain about the game. They're like, all the quarterbacks stink. There's like five good quarterbacks. Yeah. And, and I mean, it's true. And so like with that in mind, like the fact that he can hit some of these downfield throws, the fact that he like, what has he been sacked this year? He's been sacked like one or two times. I mean, constantly gets out of trouble. Um, Obviously great with his legs. I love the vibes. You know, obviously it bit us at the end of this game, but like I generally love the vibes that he plays with. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just hate I hate that it ended for him the way that he did. But going forward, I mean, we have to let him cook like this. Like this kind of has to be, I think, what we do going forward, right? Like, yeah, it seems to be well, the only way we can get explosive plays. Well, you start to look on aggregate. I mean, he basically didn't play in the pit game and his worst game of the year was against TCU, which was still a 65 overall grade. Uh, he's 82.4 PFF grade on the season, which is very high and sacked twice. Just on your point, only eight, 8.7% of his pressures turn into sacks. I mean, that's really good. That's pretty good. That's very, very good. Um, yeah, he was big highlight. Also, I think Devin Carter really, uh, really stepped up where I, somebody aggressive was like, who's this guy? I'm like, that's Devin Carter. Like that's a, that's a potential guy. And he had 116 yards through the air. Um, yeah, that's awesome to see. Running game, you know, it wasn't everything we had hoped it would be that night. Um, we were missing the left side of our line, which I think does does uh, does factor into that. Um, I think yeah. I think we I think we I mean I get that you have to sub and do all this stuff, but I feel like we do it a little bit like too much. Like you know, it felt like CJ was getting into a rhythm. Um, early in the game there. And I think I even commented, man, we, we, what, we went 90 yards and got a field goal, got the ball right back, went down and scored. And like Houston's guys were tired. Uh, I think I even texted you that. Like you could tell they're huffing and puffing hands on yeah. their hips already. And it's like, dude, just keep leaning on them. With, like that is the exact situation where CJ is going to fucking mash people, right? Is when they're exhausted. They don't want to tackle him again for the third straight six minute drive. Um, and we pull him out and I just, you know, dude, our, our, like we don't have many fast players on this team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I think that's the problem with the running game. Uh, you know, like there weren't many holes, but at the same time, I mean, we could talk, I can't remember his last week or the week before, but like there, there's stuff there. Like if we had playmakers um, and our running backs are just, you know, they're, they're like B like B B guys where it feels like they're going to get what's there. Probably not going to hit any home runs. I don't yeah. know. I think, 
maybe just one more positive on the offensive side. Um, Sorry. <laughs> oh, no, you're good. I, just, I got down again. <laughs> all good. I would just say one more positive on the offensive side. I, I genuinely think the play calling and like the sequence of plays was was yeah. really well done. Um, the, the running game wasn't blowing it away, but the commitment to the run, I yeah. mean... You wouldn't. Garrett Green doesn't throw for 400 yards without the commitment to the run because the defense was like never like okay they're just passing it now. It was like we were still gonna like run even if it was just four yards a time. Like still had to like be prepared to stop that, and I feel like that really opened things up downfield. So I, I kind of liked the game call. People always like to to go to play calling immediately. I, no, I kind of thought it was a really good scheme. I feel like Neil's generally done better this year with his play calling than he's gotten credit for. But yeah, I think this mm-hmm. was this was his best game of the season except for. My only beef, man, that second quarter, it felt like Houston was just begging for us to take control of the game, yeah. right? It, it was, what, 10 to 3. There were like four straight three and outs both ways right before they get the drive to go in and um, take the lead mm-hmm. right before halftime. And it just felt like the play calling got a little bit conservative there. We were backed up a little bit, it felt like, and Neil just like didn't want to do anything crazy. Um I think that hopefully the lessons learned in the second half, um, because I mean, somebody like if somebody's capable of scoring twice in five minutes, the way Garrett did taking us down the field like that, like you just got to trust him. Like at this point, you got to trust him. You just got to let him make plays. Like there might be interceptions, but like to this point, he's played very clean. I feel like you, you can't like coach him conservatively. You just got to let him ride. Yeah, no, I mean, I think he, uh, did everything, everything he needed to do. Um, yeah, you couldn't ask any more of him except don't take your helmet off at the end of the game. Like that's yeah. the only criticism I actually have of him. He was he was incredible. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, there's just so many things that go against you in this game that, like, man, if you replay it, would love to just replay it. Seventy nine percent post game win percentage, which basically means if you were to play the game again and they had the same exact stats, West Virginia is going to win like. 79% of the time. It's crazy. They outgained Houston by 160 yards. Uh, they lo- lose the turnover battle. You get a special teams touchdown. You get a Hail Mary. You get a touchdown that get- bounces off your player's chest and turns into an interception that quickly turns into a touchdown. There are just so many things that you're like, man. It- I was thinking about this maybe in my coping stage um, that. I firmly believe we're a better team than, than Houston because Houston did not make... I'm like, okay, if I was a Houston fan, what is the like, oh man, if that would have just bounced our way? It was like, I don't feel like they actually made any mistakes. Like, this was almost a best case. Like, they get a free interception, they catch a Hail Mary, they get a special teams touchdown. Like, what what didn't go right for them that they, like, attempted other than just, like, moving the ball consistently? Yeah, no, I mean you're you're completely right. Yeah, you're you're not wrong. Um, I mean we had how many penalties that we you know we shot ourselves in the foot with penalties Eight. on offense. Um, Houston had a couple flags picked up that never saw a replay for or got an explanation yep. for. Like, yeah, I mean the game. Yeah, no, I didn't come out of this game thinking that Houston's anywhere near as good of a football team as us, which you know kind of contributes to the frustration that you don't get it done. But it stinks. It's a game. You feel like you're better than the team, but I'll just say caveat. This league's tough. Playing on the road, playing at night. The literal dozens of fans there, you know, still travel alone. All that stuff, you know. It's you're, you're going to lose some games on the road, and and this one stings to lose. But I'm not discouraged. Like I, I feel, um, I feel like the team played well. Like we just did some undisciplined stuff. Things didn't bounce our way. I mean, dude, if Jalen Anderson catches that touchdown, like we might not even be that close of a game in the fourth quarter like it's just i don't yeah, know we go we go up what 24 14 and yeah i mean if they don't have yeah if you say no special teams touchdown no crazy bounce off your chest interception give us seven take away you know at least seven for them it's it's a totally different game um yep. that's football and that's why we like it because the underdog can win when just a couple things go right um so yeah anything else you want to mention on this game or do you want to just flush it Dude, the, the the lack of pressure. I think I was I was in our Discord yeah. talking about it. Um, you know, I think we we talked all week. Smith struggles against pressure. You can't let him get hot because when he gets hot, he's as good as anybody. Um, did a great job of that for twenty five minutes. Let him get into a rhythm right before halftime, and it felt like we just never turned the heat up again. Um, you know, the the PFF numbers like we only blitzed on nine out of thirty one dropbacks. Yeah. Um, 
against against Houston, which is what twenty nine or thirty percent. The previous two weeks, we blitzed on forty three out of eighty eight, so like fifty percent, right? Against TCU and, and Texas Tech, and not that much difference. I don't feel like between those teams, the way those teams want to play offense, right? It's it's all going pretty fast, tempo tempo passing, um, <clears throat> you know, like all of them are are some variant of of air raid. And so it just felt like a curious decision, especially like as he's sitting back, what he completes 16 passes in a row to, to finish the game. Like at some point, do you stop sitting in an eight man shell and say, no, we're going to force the issue a little bit instead of letting him take the same three step, eight yard stick route, eight yard mesh route that they ran for the entire second half? Yeah, there was like one drive where they hit us with the out route like three consecutive times. And you're like, what are we doing? Yeah. And then we, we've talked before the recording of this, the uh, that sequence where you have second and 22 and you rush three, drop eight, and a dude is wide open in the hole of the zone and picks up like 30. And you're like, what? Why are we dropping eight if this guy's that open? He had like yeah. 15 yards after catch. It's like, what <laughs> What are we doing there? Well, same, same thing with the Hail Mary, right? Like, why are we yeah. why are we rushing three? Why are we giving this guy as much time as he wants to throw? Dude, I was watching the Oregon State game last night. There's a decisive fourth down. I think it was like fourth and 18. Um, and uh, UCLA had the ball, had to, had to get up 18 yards. Oregon State sent the fucking house at him and sacked the guy, right? And it's just yep. like, that's the kind of shit you want, you know? It's, that's what you want. Um, and, I, you know, the flip side, you can get burned, but like – it's just with the success we've had over the last month, like playing that way, it just felt like a weird, a weird change. I agree. Do you, okay. So like if the Hail Mary doesn't happen and we win this game, the the storyline coming out is like, man, Neil Brown, this team is different. They're doing it. You know, like they're finding ways to win every week, blah, blah, blah. How much is, is, is a failed Hail Mary conversion on the coach? Cause like, I do feel like the script, like I get, you get on Twitter and it's people like, I'm done with Neil. We're always losing these games. It's like, dude, I, yeah. I agree. No, it's it like discipline, but it's like, what do if it drives we, me if nuts? It, if one dude, if some 19 year old kid knocks the ball down, you're like, Neil did a great job tonight. Yeah, no, it drives me nuts. It drives me nuts. I, I try and stay out of those conversations just because like the, the amount of control that they, that these people like based on the arguments they're making the, that they assume that the head coach has over the game is just like out, outrageous. Yeah. Right. Like I, you know, <laughs> You know, I played. Fo- I obviously didn't play D one football, um, but like as a dude who played football at a pretty high level, um, like if I fucked up, I was never like, man, the coach really let me down. You know, like boy, the, the the coach the coach really made me drop that pass, or the coach made me false start there. You know, like it, it's all this stuff, and like I get that. You know, there's discipline factors, and you know, the, the you want to have a finger to point, like when things go well. You want to have a finger to point when things go poorly. Um, and like, obviously, I mean, that's part of the gig. That's why you get paid $4 million is that you're going to be that guy. But like yep. at the same time, yeah, I mean, you're exactly right. 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 Like somebody tips that if that dude is just a yard to the left or a yard to the right, where the tip doesn't fall directly into his chest, it's a different thing. Um, you know, so in the penalty, the Garrett green penalty, like blaming Neil for that. Well, what well, happened to CJ against Pitt? Like they should have been drilled. And it's like, do you think Neil probably told them not to take their fucking helmet off? Like, yeah, yeah. You think that he's just ignored that? Like he's been the whole time. Like, Hey, if we, if we happen to score a 50 yard game winning touchdown, feel free to just take your helmet off and walk off the field. Like what? I I don't understand what they, we've seen it firsthand this year. I mean, how emotional this game is in both directions in terms of like big plays, all this and like injuries. This is just, it's high stakes. It's like, this is football. This is why we like it. And yeah, to ask these guys, yeah, like yeah, I'm sure it was like, hey, don't take your your helmet off on the field. Like that's that's the thing. Um, pop number two, there we go. Um, so you know, one thing I, I mentioned the post game win expectancy. So in the last four games, um, Pitt we had a 91 percent, uh, Texas or er, Texas Tech 89 percent, TCU 75, 79 last week. So if you add those up, it's 3.34. So of the last four games, we should win a little over three of them. We won three of them. Obviously, you have to win a whole number of them. Um, hey, it, it is what it is. I'll take I'll take the four and two. We're moving forward. I think things are fine. Really, really sucked on Thursday night, but I think things are fine. I think you know. Yep. Onward and upward. Can't yeah. Can't let them. Can't let them beat you twice. Definitely not. All okay. right. 
let's 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 talk some Big Twelve. Uh, a little recap here. Um, yeah, there was another interesting game in the league. I think Kansas and Oklahoma State. Um, this thing was was pretty back and forth. Uh, so Kansas was ranked 23rd coming in. They're still without their starting quarterback. Uh, Bean has been playing really well this year, actually. He had uh, 410 yards and five touchdowns. But Kansas falls to Oklahoma State, 39 to 32. Um, and wow, look at look at Oklahoma State! All of a sudden, they back to back weeks beating K State and Kansas, and uh, now they get a roll into Morgantown. So it's a real glad they're glad they're finding themselves. Yeah, happy for them. Really, really excited about that. Um, <laughs> did you uh, did you watch much of this one? I think you you mentioned you were watching Oregon. Yeah, I was I was watching that Oregon Washington game, which I I don't really regret because it was amazing. But I, I was flipping back and forth, and I was definitely keeping track. But Oklahoma State, I mean the the, the last quarter, twelve points in the fourth quarter. I mean that's that was the difference maker really down the stretch. Yep, jumped on them early, and then <clears throat> uh, benefited from from some mistakes. Um, you know, Kansas. I think they botched two field goals in the red zone. They threw another pick in the red zone. Yeah. Um, so, you know, three trips where you come up empty in a, in a one-score game. That I'm sure that hurts from the, the Kansas perspective. But Oklahoma State, yeah, tales of their demise. Uh, you know, after the South Alabama game, greatly uh, greatly overstated. You know, I think they had a uh, – um, before the Kansas State game, I, I want to say I heard that Gundy kind of had a come-to-Jesus meeting with the team. Is like, look, if you guys want to fucking pout about this, don't show up. If you want to go in the yeah. portal – Go in the portal. I don't care anymore. I'm going to play with who's here, and we're going to play hard. And they're they're playing hard. They they look they look like a much improved football team. So it, it's usually Kansas State who loses the the G five game early in the season, right? And then they end up being like really good. And you're like, what? And but Oklahoma yep. State this year loses the G five game and trending quite upward in the last two weeks. Um, yep, looking good. More more on them soon. Um, <laughs> next game, Iowa State Cincinnati. Same was never really close. Thirty to ten, Iowa State. Don't look now. Iowa State is three and one in conference, four and three. Um, I think they've benefited from a, a rather easy schedule, though, right? Um, but yeah, since he's still looking for the win, um, yeah, we. I mean, we handed the first uh, new admission to the the conference their their first win that you know they had to get. So, mm-hmm. glad glad it could be us. Yeah. Uh, I don't have much on Iowa State since he, uh, no, I didn't, I didn't watch a second of it. TCU, um, you know, they just got quarterbacks on trees down there, apparently 44 to 11 over BYU. Um, and they play this new quarterback Hoover. He tosses for 440 yards, four touchdowns. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. JP Richardson had like a hundred yards. Um, yeah. I mean, they looked really good. So maybe it was never close. Like, yeah, I couldn't tell if this is like a, a you know, we, we've talked a couple times, BYU as a home team versus BYU as a road team. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It was it was never close. I mean, I turned the game on with, uh, I think there was eight minutes left in the fourth quarter, and TCU was already up 14 nothing. So, um, yeah, just never a close game. TCU with a little bounce back. I th- you know, they were probably due for that after the way they played the last two weeks. Yeah. Um, so, you know, good for them. I'm glad they're in the rear view mirror. Definitely. Yeah. Um, and then the last game of the weekend was K State Texas Tech. K State wins thirty eight to twenty one. Texas Tech. Um, I assume they had a quarterback injury, uh, Baron Morton, because um, he. I wasn't actually watching all of this game, but he was in at least in the second quarter, and I double checked in the play by play. He was playing, and then uh, Strong comes in, and oh boy. from the twi- from the Twitter clips um, and just the stat lines, he's not that guy. Uh, <laughs> Three picks, kind of a rough day, and I don't, I don't feel like Texas Tech ever really had a chance once Morton was out. Yeah, I mean, there's not many teams where you're, you get down to your third stringer and you're feeling great about it. So um, it's a tough, tough beat for them. Man, this season just really has just not gotten off to the start that they were that they were looking for. Um, Definitely not. Feel like Definitely it's a, not. Feel like it's a good team, and it's just kind of, kind of the uh, the inverse of last year, where it felt like a lot of stuff kind of fell their way. Um, and it feels like stuff's going against them this year, and and they just haven't been able to overcome it. Yeah, they were at a sixty percent win probability with just a few minutes to go in the third. Um, they were actually up by four, and you know, three touchdowns straight doesn't doesn't end well. Well, Howard <laughs> only threw for eighty six yards in this game, um, so K State did it on the ground. Um, K State now two and one in conference. Texas Tech two and two. 
Um, all right. So I think that is everything. Uh, maybe maybe just one thing to mention, Oklahoma and Texas took the week off and uh, probably felt like, hey, it's it's us too. Um, I don't think any other team right now is really in yeah. that realm. No, completely agree. I think, um, you know, honestly, the other 12 teams might all be within, within a touchdown of each other. The great middle. A, yeah, yeah. So, uh, but yeah, no, those two at the top unquestionably. Yeah. All right, next week, uh, this coming week in the Big 12, we have a full slate. I don't think any team is on by. And uh, so what, seven games? Uh, six games. Um, so I guess, yeah, somebody must be on by. Somebody's on we by. Ha- yeah, so starting uh, at noon on ABC, UCF at Oklahoma. Um, Oklahoma coming off a bye week, but coming off the Red River the week before. Um, and man, they were looking good. So um any any chance ucf has in this game what do you think said it's it's in norman it's in norman yep no no chance no yeah and we're recording earlier than usual on a sunday and i don't think lines are actually out for any of these games yet uh yeah i was looking on FanDuel earlier hadn't hadn't seen anything so i'm gonna we're gonna play guess the lines then i'm gonna say oklahoma 14 and a half that's i was i was thinking like 13 14 somewhere in there so yeah two touchdowns yep yeah, I think that sounds right. Uh, another noon kick, um, noon Eastern. So we are uh, Baylor at Cincinnati. Baylor is one and two in conference. Their only win was clawing from absolute death versus UCF all the way back. Cincinnati is 0 and 3 in conference. It's in Cincy. Um, I would say maybe Cincy by a field goal here, maybe close was- to a push. I was gonna say I was gonna say pick them like one and a half maybe something like that. I don't know like mm-hmm. Cincinnati got smoked by Iowa State. I don't know like if they had some people get hurt or something because I I don't think I've uh, watched a snap of Cincinnati this year. I'm I, I watched them play Pitt and I haven't I haven't watched them since. Um, yeah, but I, I would think a field goal at most. Um, yeah, probably close to a pick them. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's a bottom dwellers game. Um, that that's you know already one win between the two of them in conference. So, uh, not too great. Uh, West Virginia is at three 30. We'll talk to them in a minute. Four o'clock. We have Texas at Houston. Um, quite familiar with Houston, Texas, I think is going to come in angry and probably win by a couple scores. If I had to guess. Yeah. What do you think? Like 10 and a half? I, yeah, I could Texas? maybe, maybe a little Liar. like 12 and a half, 13 and a half tees, yeah. something like that. <clears throat> yeah. Um, yeah, I expect. Yeah, I don't think it. Houston might have, you know, clock struck midnight for them last week. Um, I don't see them making that a game at all. Yeah. Next one, seven o'clock. We got two seven o'clock games in conference Texas Tech at BYU. This is the home version of BYU. Uh, and this is Texas Tech now. I have no idea what the quarterback situation is, um, potentially down to their third stringer. Uh, at BYU, I think a lot of this will have to do with the quarterback. If Morton can play, I would maybe say close to a push or Texas Tech by a couple points. If he cannot, uh, probably probably going BYU way. Like yeah, BYU like three and a half or four. Yeah. Like yep. I would expect yeah. If Morton can't play, I would expect BYU to win at home. Yeah, Slovis not having a terrible year. Uh, turns out the it's offense coordinator pit just stinks. <laughs> <laughs> How about how about quality win Pittsburgh just fucking smacking Louisville? Sure, uh, yeah, yeah, why not? Hey, whatever. <laughs> I know t- you t- move, t- you move Jerkovic to tight end, and 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 that's really all it took. You just had to get him as far away from the football as possible. I saw this the other day. Was Travis Kelsey a quarterback at Cincinnati? Did you know he this? Was, or was this? He was a quarterback in high school. Okay, um, and I, but I don't think he was recruited as a quarterback. Gotcha. Okay. It's like, is this just the thing now? Like, quarterback to tight end. Like, tight end's the hottest position in, in the game right now. So, you know. Sure um, is. Yeah, speaking of Pitt, I tweeted this yesterday. Um, this is a factual statement. I'm not making any inference off this. But transitively, West Virginia is 69 points better than USC because WVU beat Pitt by 11. Pitt <laughs> beats Louisville by 17. Louisville beats Notre Dame by 13. And Notre Dame beats USC by 28. So we're Hang 70 points better than USC is all I'm saying. Hang the banner. Build the statue. <laughs> Hang the banner. <laughs> there it is. Um, all right. Last game of the week. TCU at Kansas State. 
this can be a fun one. This is in Manhattan, two and two in conference TCU, two and one Kansas State. Um, Chandler Morris is still out, I believe. Um, I mean, but, can you put him? Can you put him back in? If Hoover's out here, slam. Yeah, seriously. Um, yeah, Kansas State. I'm sure will be a, a more uh, difficult defense, but uh, this is the purple game, and I don't know. I I would think Kansas State by like a field goal at home. Yeah, definitely at home at night. Um, I would say Kansas State's going to get the going to get the points. Um, all right. All right, so West Virginia, um, 3.30 game, Oklahoma State. This is in Morgantown. Weather looking good, 58 degrees. Looks like a good day for football. Um, And what maybe two weeks ago we were like, yeah, Oklahoma State looks bad. Uh, They don't really look terrible now. Um, Started off the season quite slow. They beat Central Arkansas by two touchdowns. They beat Arizona State by two touchdowns. They lose to South Alabama 33-7, to which is like, how do you come back from that? Follow it up by losing to Iowa State 34-27. to And at that point in the season, we're like, this team is bad, bad. And then all they've done the last two weeks is beat Kansas State by a touchdown and Kansas by a touchdown. So I'm throwing my hands on the air like, what is this team? I really don't know. Um, you have any... any uh, any good take on the Cowboys? Uh, I no, I mean I'm kind of there with you. You know, it's like it's easy to forget that literally this time last year, right? They were six and one, and they were probably a, a front runner to, uh, um, not repeat as conference champions, but maybe get back to the conference champion, uh, conference championship game, right? And then the wheels fall off. Um, and yeah, you know they got they got decimated by the portal, um. And yeah, that South Al- that South Alabama loss is the worst loss of any Big Twelve team this year. I think, yeah. like, yeah, it is by far. Um, but then, yeah, I mean, the last two weeks, like, if you look at the September October splits, which is just it worked out nicely from from uh, the website that I look at perspective. Like, they're they're a top half team the last two weeks, last two games. They played their two best games of the season. Everything's trending in the right direction. Offense has found a little bit of a pulse. Um, defense is playing, uh, they're still giving up points, but they're, they're, they're creating negative plays, I think, uh, in a way that we have kind of become accustomed to. Um, and yeah, I just, I mean, I, I, you know, if it travels, right. If, if the team that, that showed up the last two weeks travels to Morgantown, we're going to have our hands full. We are going to have our hands full. I think, you know, we lose the game, but like I said, performance wise, we've been just fine the last four games. Like I think ahead of schedule from what we thought we'd be this year, all that. Um, you know, I think Texas tech needs to just like start branding themselves as like the quarterback farm school, because, uh, once again, we're playing a former Texas tech quarterback, Alan Bowman. Um, yep. they just spread all over the big 12. <laughs> um, so what, what, I guess we could say three weeks in a row. We've played a Texas tech quarterback. <laughs> um, yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of wild. That is really weird. Um, Bowman is a sixth year guy. He uh, was three at Texas Tech, two at Michigan where he didn't play, and then back to Oklahoma State. And he has the funniest PFF page. If you ever look at it, by year, he starts his freshman year. He plays, um, he has 340 dropbacks. It's the most of any season he's had in his career. He is an 80.8 PFF grade. 2019, he gets worse. 2020, he gets worse. 2021 and 22, he basically doesn't play. 2023, he gets worse, um, which is crazy. That how does that even happen? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't um, know. He's he's. Uh, I don't know what to make of him. Like I like in my head and my heart, I really don't believe that he's a good quarterback. But then, like, I don't know. He he gets the ball to people, and then things happen. It's it's kind of like bizarre to watch them play. Their offense, their offense hasn't been bad the last two weeks. It hasn't. I mean, they've been up in the high 30s the last two weeks. Uh, or sorry, 29 and 39 the last two weeks. Um, yeah, he's got six uh, big-time throws this year, eight turnover-worthy plays, and that's been a trend for him pretty much his whole career, or at least it's been trending more and more. He has, you know, he, he's going to turn the ball over more uh, than he's going to make these huge downfield throws. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, he, he, like I said, you look at his, his game logs, his game splits, Nothing really pops out to you. 6.2 yards per attempt. Um, you know, completion percentage is 57%. Nothing crazy. Uh, this is a guy that 
uh, hey, like maybe we should get some pressure on this guy and not let him cook at all. <clears throat> yeah, he, he can't he can't move at all. I think he only has two scrambles on the year, um, like 12 total attempts, like a one point something yard average, like excluding sacks. Right. So not not a threat running the ball. And yeah, completely agree. Go get him. Um, I think he has a 63 offensive grade when he's not pressured, goes down to 41 uh, when he's when he's when he's pressured. So go get him. He can't run away. He's just right there. Um, they're not going to beat us down the field. He's only completed 20 passes more than 10 that have more traveled further than 10 yards in the air this year. And only four that have traveled more than 20. Um, he's four of 16 on passes that travel at least 20 yards in the air. So this is a week where like if they beat us with a passing game, it's going to be again, rhythm passing dudes, making plays with the ball after the catch. Um, Mm -hmm. you, we got to go get him. We got to go get him. We had success with that for the last month. We got away from it against Houston. It burned us. Like, hopefully there's a lesson learned there. We're like, dude, I don't, you know, like our guys can't, (laughs) they've been playing better in the secondary, but they're not good cover guys. Like, you know, you know, I think in the traditional sense and especially not at linebacker, like Lathan was our best coverage linebacker. And so we were getting away with it by sticking him in coverage. Now, like Kogba and Cutter, neither of them, uh, it, it is not either of their strengths to be put in coverage. And so the fact that you're putting those two guys in the middle of an eight-man shell, rushing three people, it just seems asinine to me, to use Neil Brown's word. But, um, yeah. yeah, no, dude, got to go get him. Got to go get him. Um, I mean, even 63 grade when you're clean. Bad. I mean, that that is when you've got time to throw. If you're at a 63 grade, that's that's really not good. Um, yeah, but, yeah, I agree. This is not a guy you want to let him get in rhythm. Just, just go after him and, and make his life hell. Um, you know, where Oklahoma State is going to bite on offense is probably the running game. Ollie Gordon um, really having a fantastic season, to be honest. Um, already carried it 87 times. He's averaging over six a carry, which is, for that sample size, is really good. Um, yeah, he's a long of 71. Um, what is it? Yards after contact. Um, three hundred. He's averaging 3.74 yards after contact. That's That's pretty crazy. Um, so having a good year and yeah, they, they have some other guys they mix in, uh, Jaden Nixon, Elijah Collins, not as productive. Ollie Gordon is really the guy in the running back room. Yeah. He, and he, he's kind of taken it over, um, starting in conference play. He only had, what is, uh, what am I seeing? 19 total carries, um, in the first three weeks had 18 attempts against Iowa state, 21 against Kansas state, and then 29, uh, the other day against Kansas, um, and production just keeps ticking up, right? Like no, no, no drop off at all. Um, had a, three straight hundred yard games in conference play. They're going to give him the ball. They throw him the ball too. I think he has uh, twenty one targets. Yeah, yeah. He's fifth, fifth leading target man. So I mean, they're going to give him the ball 30, 30 times. Um, so uh, yeah, he's he's he. I mean, yeah, it's it's going to be a huge deal whether or not we can stop him. You know, I, I'm thinking about it. I complained about the lack of pressure. We didn't win first down the way that we have um, against Houston. Uh, and so maybe, you know, that's the argument is that we weren't really in as advantageous of blitzing situations. So this week, you know, I think stacking Ollie Gordon up um, on early downs really will, will benefit the pass, the pass rush. Um, the tricky thing is, is that Oklahoma state's pretty, pretty balanced, right? They're not, mm-hmm. you know, I think they've, they've thrown it a little bit more than they've run it this year. Uh, generally that's changed a little bit since Gordon's emerged over the last couple of weeks like pretty much 50 50 ish now. Um, so, so could be tricky, but yeah, I think it's, it stops and starts with him. If we're able to slow him down um, and, and make Bowman Bowman's not the kind of guy who's going to just beat us on his own. Um, so yeah, totally agree. Um, I mean, if you, if you look at PFF grades in passing Oklahoma state's second lowest in the conference, I mean, this is just a team that um, you really don't want to get beat by them in the past. It, it seems like something we should be able to stop, but they climb right back up to about the middle of the conference in the running. Um, now, in terms of their blocking, pass block is 11th out of 14 in the conference. Run block's fourth um, in the conference. So clearly, like the success is coming from the ground, but they're going to keep it balanced. When you look at the receiving room, um, I'm, I'm kind of surprised to see Brennan Presley's uh, grades on PFF are, are not very favorable. Uh, some of the clips I caught, I mean, I, I know this dude's a really good athlete. Um, and some of yeah. the clips I, I saw this weekend where he was he was doing well. Um, he's their top target guy. And then, yeah, they, they just kind of have a waterfall of guys kind of coming down the target numbers. Uh, it looks like they spread the, ro- the ball around a lot. 
uh, Jaden Bray, Rashad Owens, uh, Deshaun Stribling. Uh, got a lot of guys that, that are, are pretty frequently involved. So not Presley's probably the best guy, but um, yeah, they definitely spread the ball around. Yeah, I think I think Stribling might be hurt. So I think it's going to be Bray, Presley and Owens who are kind of like the big three. Um, and yeah, I mean, you said like, like we should know Brandon Presley by now. I think he he smoked us last year or uh, sorry, two years ago in Morgantown. He smoked us. Um, didn't play as well last year, but he, he's a good player. I think his PFF grades are hurt. He's only averaging eight yards of reception. So he's like, you know, he's a little slot guy. They'll just throw him the ball um, at the line of scrimmage and just ask him to get what he can get. So I think that's why his, his grade probably suffer a little bit is just because the yards per catch is, is kind of low. But Bray and Owens are both like, you know, 6'2", 6'3", 210, like big. They look the part when they get yeah. the ball. They're they're fast. They're strong. They're hard to tackle. So good skill players. Um, we already talked about Gordon. Gordon's hard to tackle. Um, yeah, I mean, dude, it's, it's a it, – it's not as deep maybe as some of the other – skill position rooms, you know, it's really like they kind of focus or force the force feed the touches to like these like mm-hmm. four, four dudes. Um, but they're all good players. So, yeah, um, they, they definitely just looking at Brendan Presley even closer. He, you know, he's in the slot 95% of the time, but his average depth of targets only six yards. It's very short for receivers who is out there all the time. So I think that, yeah, they, they are trying to get him the ball and screens and in short situations. He even has a few rushes on the year. I think he's just kind of a guy. You want to give him chances with the ball. Um, yeah, so tight ends, tight ends, not much of a factor. They have dude, Josiah, Josiah Johnson has 15 targets. He's got 10 of them. 7.3 average. Braden Cassidy, one target. Um, so yeah, most of the passing game they do have, I mean, so Ollie Gordon has the 21 Jaden Nixon has 10. So, I mean, feeding a lot of touches to the running backs in the passing game. Um, but I think as far as wide receivers go, it's those three that we mentioned. Uh, with Stribling being out, it's Presley, Bray, and Owens. Yeah. And then looking at their offensive line, um, they've played more guys than most. They've they've got seven dudes who have got significant snaps this year. Um, you know, they, they definitely are a better as a whole run block team than pass block. Um, Preston Wilson sh- showing out to me is a really good pass blocker, but I mean, they got seven offensive linemen who have played 99 or more uh, pass block snaps. Um, so getting a lot of dudes in there, I, I really just think as a holder looking at this offense, this is like, to me, Oklahoma state of recent instead of Oklahoma state of old, like Oklahoma state of old to me as like gunslinger throwing the ball around like prolific offense, whereas Oklahoma state of new is like ground pound and, uh, we're going to play really good defense. It definitely looks like more of that than, uh, in the old school teams. For sure. For sure. Passing game, passing game in a lot of ways is just going to be an extension of the running game. You know, it's like we said, it's a lot of like a lot of lateral passes, um, to guys like Presley, a lot of timing patterns to, uh, dudes on the outside, but Hey, I mean, what Houston had a ton of success with that kind of stuff, um, against us on Thursday. So, um, yeah, I think, I don't know. I mean, if you look at like in terms of just like a key matchup, um, or like what is, what is, the key to stopping this offense. I mean, do you think it's, it's starts with Gordon got to stop Ollie? I think, I think, yeah, I think being aggressive on defense, I'm not, um, worried as much about being beat over the top versus like, Hey, let's be aggressive. Let's get to the ball. Let's get in the box. Let's get after the quarterback. Um, if Bowman beats you, that's, I would uh, feel better about our chances of Bowman beating us than Ollie Gordon, you know, running for 150 for sure. on us. I, I think you, you stop Gordon and, and you see what you can go from there. Yep. Yep. Agreed. Um, if we do pin him back, hopefully we see uh, blitzes with a little bit more frequency. I was looking, the, the tackles are kind of weak. The, the interior of the offensive line is good. Tackles have, um, it's kind of like a three man rotation. It seems like it, it left and right tackle. They've combined to allow 30 pressures so far this year. So, um, yeah, you know, hopefully, hopefully, if we do back them up, get them in some second and third and longs, we we send a little bit of heat and see what those guys are all about. Yeah, and you know, one thing too, uh, looking at this week uh, or what this is two weeks ago, um, it's kind of flipping to the defense now. Looking two weeks ago, Will Howard had over a hundred yards on the ground and just ten carries. Um, so this is not a fantastic rush defense. Um, that, that, that's probably what's looking like to me is where you need to attack this defense is just get back to our roots. Um, I don't know if that's a Jaheim and CJ combo, uh, but 
I feel like this is a, an opportunity to, to run on a team. They're PFF 13th out of 14 in rush defense. So this is, you know, got to be back into the, the game control sort of frame of mind. For sure. Yeah, no, I, I think you look at the front seven, um, Goodlow, Kirkland, Latu have all have all graded out pretty well in the defensive line. Um, Goodlow, good, uh, bleh, Goodlow has 12 pressures, Latu has 16. Um, and then if you go back to the linebackers, Colin Oliver's still there. He's he's probably, I think, the, the single best player on the defense. He has 21 pressures. Um, got a guy named, I think it's Nick Martin, if I'm remembering correctly. Let me, let me check on that, make sure. Yeah, yeah Nick, Nick, Nicholas, Martin. Nicholas, Nicholas Martin has 16 pressures. So um ton of pass rush productivity, right? I mean, you're, you're looking at, what is that, 32, um, 24, 56 pressures from, from four guys in the front. But they're much better at that than they are at playing the run or covering. Um, I, yeah, I mean, you mentioned it at the top, Bean, um, who is, you know, a decent passer. Like, you know, I think – uh, not the passer that Jalen Daniels is, but threw for 400 yards and five touchdowns on these guys last week, right? So, you know, if you're if you're giving your guy time, um, you know, I, I think these guys uh, these guys are gettable. Um, but yeah, I think it has to start with the run. I mean, it's like you said, like even even against Houston, right? Like the commitment to the run is what opens stuff up in the pass. I think that's kind of what it was with with Kansas as well. Um, for for them uh, last week is is you know Kansas is one of the the more prolific rushing teams in the country. Um, they were committed to it, even though Oklahoma state did a decent job against them. Um, just the, the threat of that opened it up in the secondary. And I, and I really don't think that, um, you know, the, the linebackers or the safeties are, are kind of up to the task against the pass. So, yeah, I totally agree. I think their corners are, are solid. Corey black, yeah. uh, DJ McKinney, both graded out pretty well. Uh, but yeah, the safeties are hurting pretty bad on PFF grades and yeah, just anecdotal being lighting it up um yep. hope garrett green can put up something similar do we see another garrett green would you would you take a garrett green over 250 passing yards uh over 250 probably not over 200 yeah. for sure um i i think you know like we just kind of have to accept that this is what it's going to be right like yeah. um that's the way that we're generating explosive plays he's he is the really lone explosive player on our offense um, both with his legs and uh, obviously through the air, you know, when he's pushing it down the seams, pushing it downfield. Um, loved what we did with with Devin Carter. I know that um, Oklahoma State, they're not running as much man to man as they as they have traditionally. Um, usually, they, you know, last last handful of years, they were up 40, 50 percent of the time. They're running man to man this year. It's only like 20 percent. So a little bit less. Um, but still, they have big physical dudes who play corner who like to get handsy. Um you know, I think to the point of pass interference a lot of times, and it just doesn't get called because they have the reputation of being handsy. But all that is to say that the shit we were doing like pre-snap with, with Devin Carter and Cole Taylor, um, getting these guys moving around, getting them in the slot, getting them kind of off the line of scrimmage where defensive backs can't get their hands on them right away. All that kind of stuff is going to be effective again against this group. Um, and, and yeah, no, I, you know, I think, I think we can definitely have success throwing the ball against these guys. Yeah. Um, surprised to look, I look at the matchup on ESPN. Like I said, we don't, um, have lines just yet at the time of recording. Um, and a lot of the advanced metric guys takes a couple days to get their numbers out. We usually see them Monday or Tuesday, uh, ESPN matchup predictor, which I'm not going to pretend is the best one in the world. Um, I almost surprised here to see West Virginia favored 62.3%, um, in Morgantown, 330 game favorable kickoff for the fans. Uh, what would you guess the line is going to be here? Sheesh. Um, you know, honestly, before you told me that, I would have said I wouldn't have been shocked if Oklahoma State was favored by like a point or two. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, now knowing that, because like I feel like a lot of those models tend to, they're not all the same, but they all feel similarly. So if they're giving us mm-hmm. a 62% chance, I don't know. I, I would guess that we're a three and a half, four and a half point favorite. I think, I think the way, and this is just from a statistician's point of view, Oklahoma State is going to get hurt in every model you look at because of the South Alabama game. And as the better or whatever, um, it is your decision. Is that data that you should throw out that was a fluke or is that part of who this team actually is? Um, because that's cooked in all these models. So if you think Oklahoma State's more like the team of the last two weeks, yeah, I think, and that's in Vegas is an aggregate. Like Vegas is, is they're not just like taking a number out of a model. They, they are looking at recency as well. Um, I think if you look at the last two weeks, 
you maybe, yeah, give OK State a point or two favorite. Um, if you're building a raw model, including that South Alabama game, you're probably going to favor West Virginia by a field goal. Um, I could see this line being like a pick em, to be honest, in Morgantown. It um, is, dude, it's it's weird, right? Like, you know, we, we thought of Oklahoma State as dead because of that game, but really, like, they, I mean, they lost by a touchdown to Iowa State, which, you know, who knows. Um, and then that South Alabama game, well, we, we were kind of joking, like Oklahoma State could have been like 8-0 and we would have no idea if they were good, I think, yeah. in the deep dive. And it still kind of feels like, like even with even with the loss to South Alabama, like I still have I still have no idea. I still have no idea how, how good or like I think you can't ignore the portal. Like they got hit in the portal. I mean, shit, like watch, watch mm-hmm. any Big 12 game this weekend and there's going to be a dude who played at Oklahoma State last year making plays for a different team in the Big 12. Yep. Um, I mean, JP, John Paul Richardson, right? You just mentioned, I think he's the top graded receiver in the big 12 right now at TCU was at Oklahoma state last year. Um, Trace Ford starting on the defensive line for Oklahoma. So like all these dudes, like they lost dudes, um, mm-hmm. but they still have dudes too. And so it's like, you know, it's just about how do we, how do we create and take advantage of, of like the specific matchups for the guys who, you know, maybe are, are playing a year ahead of schedule because of that attrition, like things like that. Yeah. Um, and but I, I still think I mean this is a dangerous football team. Sorry, good. Yeah, they are they are dangerous. And you know, like I said, the last two weeks have been a completely different football team. I saw a funny stat on Twitter the other day, uh, or it was yesterday, um, after they beat Kansas and scored 39 points. It was the first time they had broken 30 in like a full season of play. Yeah. Uh, like That's last great. year, that second half of the season where they were just I don't know what was going on. Uh they hadn't broken 30 in like 13 games or something like that. It was pretty crazy. So um yeah i don't know i think that's up to uh the viewer to decide are things clicking now and they're they're getting it together or um did they get two favorable results because south alabama the the huge loss is crazy and then you can't forget they lost to iowa state by a touchdown too that's that's not a loss that's um it's not a great loss not a great loss loss, it's a loss that's looking better all the time yeah Um, it's looking better um go ahead sorry I would just say we have no opponents in common, so there's no common denominator to, to look between. Sure, uh, for sure. Um, what I was going to say is if you're going to bet WVU, uh, maybe wait, um, because I bet that whatever whatever the line opens at, um, like you said, recency bias is a real thing. Whatever the line opens at, it's probably going to move towards Oklahoma State just because people watch them beat Kansas, people watch us lose to Houston You know, yeah. in, in the last few days. So... Um, if you are going to bet West Virginia, maybe just, you know, wait a little bit, get a little bit of juice on that money line. Maybe, maybe end up with a couple points in your favor if you want to bet the spread. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I think it's not a team we should be scared of at all. Like, I, I think we've kind of said this all along, like you, they're a very beatable football team. Um, the quarterback, you know, I, we, we had the better quarterback in this game by by far i'm, I'm confident so in that which i think matters um and it's just can we get back to being who we've been uh for most of this year defensively like if we can to if the front the you know if the front six or front seven uh get back gets back to what they uh, did you know for the last couple weeks of september i think we should be fine yep and just small caveat too we get two more extra days uh to prepare to heal to get ready for this one um you know still some injuries and things banged up so um i'm excited i think i hope this is a bounce back and i I think karidi said it this week but you know the hail mary will be something that will be remembered but it can either be a footnote or it can be the turning point of the season downward and i hope it's a footnote i hope this team is like hey we have been the better team the last four games we have played we shouldn't let that game linger don't let it beat you twice you know all those all those sayings that go with that so um yeah, should be a good one. West Virginia's seventh game of the season, still no noon games. Uh, junior year me is like, what the hell? Because I think yeah. I think junior and senior year we had like one non noon game. It was it was pretty stupid. So it's it's been a good year as a fan. Yeah, you yeah. don't you like you can get out there as early as you want still, but you don't have to rush, uh, do anything, have plenty of time to do whatever you need to do in the blue lot to get ready to go cheer on the old golden blue. And dude, you know, like, like we were, we were kind of talking about how, like, pe- there's a lot of people who have just made up their mind about Neil Brown. Um, yeah. and I'm not going to argue with those people because like I said, their minds are made up. Um, but if you're a fan and you're going to actually take the time and spend the money to attend this game, like, don't be a dick about it. 
right? Like these are 18 to 23 year old kids. Like if you're actually going to invest the time to go, like go and be supportive, you yeah. know, don't go and, and start fire Neil Brown chance. If we start losing or don't boo the team, like this team clearly responds to, to, to the crowd, right? Like you saw how we played against Pitt. Uh, you saw we played against Texas Tech, even though people left because of the weather. Neil Brown immediately, the first thing he said in the postgame press conference is, the kids appreciated the people who stayed. It made a difference, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, instead of bitching and feeling like the season's going to go off the rails, how about you go and support the team and see if maybe that can help make a difference in this game? I will be there. I'll be cheering my face off. So, yeah. We, we talked about this at the beginning of the season that – not that we would win every game at home, but every game at home was very winnable. We got three knocked down. Oklahoma State is this one. Very winnable game. You have BYU and Cincinnati. Yeah, like, go undefeated at home. Win those six and split on the road. That's nine and three record. That's yep. all you got to say. Let's do it. Let's do it. And, you know, you already still won at TCU. It, it, yeah, I, I, you know, I hope the fans are in good spirits and, if you asked, if you polled the, the fan base uh, a couple months ago and said, would you be happy with four and two? They'd say, yeah. So I hope uh, the common sense theme is, is kept there. Yeah, right. All right. Yeah, right. All right. <laughs> common sense, rational. Sorry. West Virginia fan base. You're, you're not, telling me a fan base, someone in from Blue Lot is going to be going to be not, rational. Sorry. Not synonyms here. Yeah. These are not synonyms. All right. Anything else on OK State? No, I'm kind of, I mean, shit, I'm, you know, honestly, I'm kind of glad they're coming in feeling themselves because um, yeah. we play better with the chip on our shoulder. And I hope that, you know, I hope the team sees that they can't, you know, have, they, they can't afford to take any games off. There's, there's no time for ego, um, you know, because I, I really do. I think the, the pack of the big 12 is it's too close together, right? You got to go strap up and you're going to have to win probably a one score game pretty much every week. So. Yeah, let's go. Let's go do it. Hopefully the other team doesn't have the ball to 50 when it's a one score game. Um, <laughs> all right. So um, <laughs> you can get us at us on Twitter at West by pod with underscores. Uh, I'm at WV stats guy. Jordan is at game day shorts. You can uh, find us on smoking um, Always good stuff coming through football season, starting to get some basketball stuff as well. Uh, Jordan does a weekly preview article, which you should always read just to get in the know what's going on um join the smoking musket discord if you have not already um it was a scene on thursday that's all i will say it was uh quite alive and not well and uh (laughs) if you're looking for west virginia basketball content unreasonable doubt is the way to go um your your 2017 2018 big 12 champion west virginia basketball team i should say um other than that what am i forgetting i feel like i'm forgetting something is that all we got I think that's most of it. I, I did see the official media poll came out for basketball, and we were we were only ninth. We weren't thirteenth, so it's nice to see some people, uh, you know, getting getting some sense about them about that's what something. this West Virginia basketball team is going to be. By the way, quick rant: it is absolute bullshit that there's like two weeks till the fucking season starts, and the NCAA is dragging its feet on whether or not Raekwon Battle can play. And meanwhile, uh, Jose Perez is like immediately eligible at whatever fucking school that he goes. Anyways, it's really stupid. Um, there is literally no harm in letting Raekwon battle play. It is insane no. that the NCAA like lords over people and does this in a world of NIL and the transfer portal where there's no fucking rules about anything. And you're just not going to let this kid play just because you don't feel like it. Basically. Uh, it's just crazy to me. Um, fuck you NCAA. Stop ruining college sports. Totally agreed. And I'll just tack on, uh, Kansas just proved to us that there is no reason <laughs> to not play a guy. Cause the worst that they're going to do is say, Hey, you shouldn't have done that. And you're going to have to serve a three-game suspension at the beginning of a season when it doesn't matter. Just um, play him. We should just play him. We should say our compliance office said he's good to go. He's playing. That's, what are they going to do? Yeah, it's NCAA stinks. The fuck are they going to do? Yeah. It's ridiculous. It okay, is. I'm done. All right. Yeah, that's all we got. Uh, hope you're doing well after uh, a gut-wrenching one on Thursday, and we will catch you next time. Low pick-me-up on Saturday, boys. Let's go. One, two.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.